Good morning, St. Luke's. And a blessed Palm Sunday to you. In the bitterness of this pandemic, it has been three years since we have been able to gather for Palm Sunday and to be back together in the beauty of this day to witness our youth read the passion and the beauty of the Lee Harper dancers leading us into Holy Week and Easter. And for that, I think we ought to give a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I am feeling good this morning. I know that these dancers make us all want to get up and dance, but we should resist and admire the gift that God has given them. They do a wonderful job. And I should also mention that our kids rocked the 915 with their version of the Passion. Many of you were there. Today, Palm Sunday, is the beginning of the holiest of weeks. And this week, highs and lows capture the journey that we are on in this time, a time that is so often bittersweet. The grief that we've borne this past year, the sweet memories of our parish family members who we see no longer, and for some of you, the personal loss of your loved ones and the bitterness of their absence. Just as the bittersweet vine of beautiful purple flowers and poisonous red berries are there for us to see, we are witnesses of pain and joy together the bitter sweetness of it all. Today's gospel reading that we heard outside during the blessing of the palms points to the familiar story for Palm Sunday. At the Mount of Olives, Jesus sends two of his disciples to get a colt, telling them that if anyone questions why they are doing this, to tell that person that the Lord needs it. The gospel writers are quick to make the connection with this story and others to the prophecies that had been given. And after the disciples place their clothes on the colt for padding, Jesus becomes the first to ride on this colt into Jerusalem to a crowd that receives him with great praise. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. And in Mark, the phrase Hosanna is included, which in Hebrew means save us, but more generally used as a cry of adoration. So here is a recognition of this Jesus as a savior, a praise similar to what would become the, at the end of his life, 
to what was given at his birth. When we hold in our minds the drama of this sweet moment, we cannot separate it from what would unfold just days later. A bitter turning of a crowd to put him to death, which our youth just presented to us. So here, like so much of life, is bittersweet. However it is, in the bittersweet moments in life, we have an opportunity to learn how we can move from the bitterness of the crucifixion into the sweetness of resurrection. Praying for a faith and a trust in a Jesus who saves us and a God who keeps us, even in those moments when we feel that we cannot go on. After hearing the Passion read to us, how might we think about Jesus, who he was and what got him killed? How did sweetness of Palm Sunday, a coronation, turn to bitterness of Good Friday, a crucifixion? For if we are truthful about Jesus, we must acknowledge that Jesus was not crucified for being too quiet. <laughs> Jesus was not put to death for being complacent or traditional in his religious practice or going along with the status quo and restrictive laws and customs of his day. Jesus was the embodiment of the religious and the political, as you heard, in the Passion. And for those who might think that what occurs here in our moral formation as a church should be separated from the political issues and laws that affect our everyday lives, I invite you to take a closer look at this Jesus of Nazareth who placed hunger needs over religious deeds. Jesus, our brother, who we call the Christ, and that Jesus in whose name we stand and proclaim in our baptismal covenant that we will strive for peace and justice in our political world, not just for those who look like us, but for all people. In his book, Jesus in Politics, Episcopal canon theologian and Jesus scholar Marcus Borg underscores that Jesus' witness of politics with his faith and highlights the bitter sweetness of Palm Sunday and Good Friday. He writes, politics are at the center of the story of Jesus. His historical life ended with a political execution. In Jesus' world, kingdom language was political. Jesus did not proclaim the family or community of God, but rather chose language in his prayer and mission, God's kingdom on earth, as opposed to Herod's kingdom. It would be a world of economic justice in which everybody had the material basics of existence, 
and it would be a world of peace and nonviolence. Together, economic justice and peace are the dream of God, God's passion for a transformed world. And liberation theologians make it even clearer that God has everything to do with whether we the people can have clean water, affordable housing, and food so that none of us, no child, woman or man, will go to bed hungry. And since Jesus' time, we the followers of Jesus have been working to transform our world from so much bitterness. Many of you have expressed to me that the state of our country and world has often become overwhelming. You say to me that you struggle to find hope, to find the sweet in so much bitterness and division in our politics. Last week, as we gave witness to a female descendant of slaves rise to the highest court in our land, Still the bitter violence, gun violence, and plots of gun violence continue to diminish and destroy lives. Not just across the Atlantic and Ukraine, but right here in our own country. And if we do not take time to look at ourselves, our own self-righteousness and hardened hearts, we will be blind from seeing that idolatry of all guns that will continue to lead us from life to death away from the kingdom of God. On this Palm Sunday, when we think of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, it is an opportunity for us to be willing to preach the kingdom of God here and abroad. And on this day, when we sit comfortably in this beautiful nave, our Ukrainian sisters and brothers, innocent children, women, and men are being killed. As Elizabeth so wonderfully preached to us weeks ago, we cannot look away. Let us not forget that the palm branches that we wave are you the one who came to bring peace and deliver those oppressed? We are called not only to pray for peace, but work for peace through our voices, opposing war, and using our positions of power that we may hold to bring about sanctions and assistance. We can give money and resources to help feed and house Ukrainians through organizations such as Episcopal Relief and development, and help land refugees to safe harbors and countries like ours. Holocaust and genocides of the past teach us that we must not be silent or make peace with oppression. And while there are valid questions raised as to how to respond, to do nothing in the face of evil is to fail Jesus. one who gave his life in the face of evil, was a modern saint 
of the Episcopal Church, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yesterday, April 9th, was his feast day. Bonhoeffer, a German theologian, anti-Nazi dissident, Lutheran pastor and founder of the Confessing Church during Nazi Germany, preached that our faith as Christians calls us to speak against all evil, even when it shows up in an oppressive government that destroys people by its policies and actions. He stated that silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. So he spoke against Adolf Hitler and his Nazi government in his statements, writings, and religious radio broadcasts. Moreover, it was during his study and teaching fellowship at Union Theological Seminary in New York City, while at a black church, Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem, that he was most impacted by seeing the parallel between the oppressive suffering of black people in the U.S., expressed in the church's spirituals, and that of Jews in his country, Germany. In the sweetness of a flourishing ministry celebrated by religious leaders of his day, Bonhoeffer went back and gave his life in the struggle for good over evil. He was arrested and hanged in the bitterness of the Flossenburg concentration camp 77 years ago yesterday. As in the life of Bonhoeffer, and as we begin our holy walk this week from today's crown of our Redeemer King to the cross, it is our faith that reminds us that we are the people of David's royal son. We must be the lights in a dark world, a warm heart with coldness around us, committed to make this world a more loving place, even in our struggles. The prophet Isaiah tells us in those bitter moments in life that it is the Lord God who helps us to get up each day and hold on to the palm branch of hope. In the midst of our pain and sorrow, we have one who came as one of us, celebrated, condemned, and offers us an example that in spite of the trials of this life, the bittersweet moments, God raises and renews so that we can sing the spiritual that Bonhoeffer heard in his day. Ride on, King Jesus. Ride on. No one can hinder me. Ride on, King Jesus. Ride on because of you. No one can hinder me. And the people said, Amen. Amen.